97.7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. The Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh. Through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome. Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and round one in the NBL is in the books, but almost all that everyone's talking about is the Adelaide 36ers and they haven't even played an NBL game just yet, Cody. So we'll, we'll get to their historic performance beating the Phoenix Suns. We'll get through all of the action in what we saw in round one of the NBL. We'll have a look to round two of the NBL. We'll get to our awards. So we've got the Galen Award, the Damo Award. We've got our Player of the Year Award. We've got some big names helping us out with those. But the men you have all tuned in to hear from, I'm Chris Pike, but my co-host, excited by what he saw across the weekend, I'm pretty sure, Cody Ellis. What... What springs to mind when you first think of what you've seen over the last few days? Oh, how good is it to have basketball back? Mm. Um, no, look, just an amazing round from top to bottom um, in all the games. And then obviously seeing Adelaide go over and, and do their thing mm. uh, in the States um, as well as, as the Opals getting it done. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just an awesome, awesome week of basketball. <laughs> it sure was. We'll get to all of it shortly. And we're here thanks to Hoop7. So if you happen to be in Perth, go and check them out on Murray Street in the Perth City. And if you live anywhere else, or if you do live in Perth and you just want to go check them out online, head to hoop7.com.au. We couldn't be doing this without their support, Cody, so we thank Jason and his team immensely. Now, we've got a big show. We're going to hear from Scott Ninnis because he's going to be announcing our winner of the Galen Best Team Men Award each and every week. But what a perfect time to catch up with him because his Adelaide 36ers did something quite remarkable on Monday morning at our time. And... Not just the fact that they beat the Phoenix Suns, that's a remarkable feat you know, on its own, but the way they did it, they almost did it playing an NBA style of yeah. game. They shot the three ball unbelievably. I mean, I think everyone watching would have thought that they caught fire early and probably mm. can't keep this going, but they did. They I mean, did. 71 points in the, in the first half, but they kept it going. I mean, they still had another 63 in the second mm. half and they ended up winning the game 134 to 124. It was a remarkable showcase, but a remarkable... Remarkable show of what the NBL is capable of and how far this league has come that a, a team from here can go over there and do do that against a Phoenix team that, you know, is star-studded. Have a look at some of these names. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and some guys that we know pretty well, Torrey Craig and Jock Landale. They weren't playing a, 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 bunch, of, a bunch of duds either. Um, what, what did you think of what they did? Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was, um, you know, I, I think that's how CJ's recruited is that's the yep. kind of style of play he wants He wants to play in the NBL. Mm. And, you know, obviously going over and doing it on an NBA court and in front of the world, it was, uh, was very special. Um, and look, you're right. I think 
the fact that Phoenix had their full roster available mm. and played, look, they didn't play their 35, 40 minutes like, <laughs> no, like no. the superstars usually would, mm. but they were still out there. Damn. You know, they were still out there, still had a full squad, and Adelaide took it to them mm. and, uh, you know, kind of put, I think, the league on notice, which, uh, which, is, which is awesome. Absolutely. I mean, take a look at the three-point performance from the team. So they went 24 of 43 as a, as a team. Um, Craig Randall went 9 of 17. Robert Frank, 6 of 10. Antonius Cleveland, not a renowned shooter. He still went 3 or 4. Um, Daniel Johnson, 2 or 3, but unfortunately he got hurt early in the third mm-hmm. quarter. So I hope that um, he's not too bad. Sunday Detch hit another, another couple. So Randall ended up with 35 points. Frank's 32. Cleveland, 22. DJ 15. Kai Soto had some good moments, especially after DJ went off and had 11. But Mitch, Mitch McCarron, unbelievable, setting everybody up. 16 assists. Gee, it was, it was exciting to watch. Oh, it was. It really was. And look, I'm sure when we talk to uh, Scott about mm. this, that uh, he'll, he'll be just as nervous as I'm sure everyone <laughs> yeah. in, in Adelaide is of, of the imports, uh, possibly yes. not even getting back on the flight yeah. back to Adelaide. Uh, I think they definitely showed that they belong on an NBA court. Is, all, it a real possi- is it a real possibility that you think they get signed? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a fairly quick turnaround. I think they play Oklahoma in a, Friday in a morning, Friday morning yep. time. There you go. And then I'm sure they're straight back on a plane yep. back to here. Yep. So, look, I'm not 100% sure. Mm. It's the NBA. They can work fairly quick. <laughs> so if a team is really after them, then I'm sure that it can happen within, within a few yeah. hours, really. Yeah. But... Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, Adelaide fans hoping that they lay an egg against <laughs> <laughs> against Oklahoma and, and um, yeah, all, all three of those guys come back on the plane with them. Mm. We'll talk to Scott about it a bit later as well and get his thoughts and I'll get your thoughts on what will happen against Josh Gideon, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City on, on Friday as well. Before we get to the NBL action from round one, um, the Women's World Cup wrapped up on the weekend as well and what a, what a sight it was to see... Um, Lauren Jackson lighted up in the bronze medal game. The Opals um, come out and win the bronze medal. I'm sure they were disappointed not to be playing for gold, but fantastic performance um, in Sydney at home to to still take out the bronze. And and obviously USA proved far too good for China as well to, to win gold. And an amazing sight as well to see 15,895 people at that final in Sydney. And over the week, 145,000 people turned out. That was a that was a great result and a great tournament overall. Oh, absolutely. They were. A- Unbelievable tournament. Um, obviously, very upsetting that they couldn't uh, mm. go and face the the US women in the, in the gold medal game because that would have been uh, a heck of a game. I think. Yeah. Um, I think just the way the girls were playing defense, the whole tournament mm. would have really shook that USA team. And it, it was it was amazing to see you know the goat mm-hmm. Lauren Jackson do her thing mm. uh, in that bronze medal game. And oh, it, it was really cool to see the whole bench get around it. And, yeah. and you know, obviously. The last time she'll pull on the, the green and gold and mm. um, I was watching it and she was she had those two free throws mm. to uh, to get her 30 points yep. and I was watching on Fox and, my, and the Fox KO. That's right, I did, yes. So <laughs> I was not happy with that. So it uh, looks like it's going to be KO from now on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, just just missed a historic moment mm. in basketball history, but that's okay, you know. <laughs> that was amazing. And and to see the, the turnout, the crowds mm. at every single game was, was great. Yeah, that no, was fantastic. And... Good luck stopping her in the WNBL oh, season cool. too. Yeah, yeah, good luck. I mean, I've, I felt sorry for, for everyone having a garter in the NBL yes. 1, so, um, yeah, I, I feel sorry for the same in, in the NBL, WNBL. At the same time, it's going to be a lot of fun watching. So the WNBL season tips off in about a month's time, so make sure everybody gets around that. But um, let's turn our focus to the NBL now, Cody. We saw round one tip off over the weekend. We saw our first five games of action, and 
Some fascinating results, some big performances. We'll get our votes from Matty Knight later on about who stood out from him as well. Um, I want to start with the South East Melbourne Phoenix, though, with you, because on paper they had no rights to beat the Tasmanian mm-hmm. Jack Jumpers on Saturday in the in the season open, opener. They didn't have Ryan Brokov, didn't have Joe Chi yet, who's not in the country. Trey Cal, Gary Brown, their two imports are still out injured. Mitch Creek hadn't played a preseason game, so he had no right to come out and play as well as he did. But they were terrific. The Jack Jumpers not so much, but with Kyle Adnam leading the way with 30 points, um, that was a... A performance full of heart from a team that mm-hmm. didn't always show that same spirit probably last season. Yeah, not at all. I think, especially towards the end of the season last year, you didn't see that at all. Mm. Um, Until the end of the Wildcats season. Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but they had something riding on that yes. one for sure. So, um, no, look, seeing Kyle Adnam step up, as he always does when, when there seems to be injuries, you mm-hmm. know, it seems to be a team that's been riddled with injuries the past, you know, yeah. season and a half. And, you know, whenever you've got four or five guys out, he seems to be the one to step up. And he certainly did that. 30 piece, 6 and 9 from 3, yeah. you know, Tassie didn't really have an answer for him. And and I thought he did a really good job of just controlling the tempo and, and controlling the game. And Creek looked like he was running in mud late mm. in that fourth, as, as you can yeah. imagine. Um, you know, that's that's fairly standard when you haven't really played a game. You know, happy, can, happy with his blonde hair? <laughs> it's very different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can you can certainly pick him out on the mm, court. Absolutely, but no, great job by the Phoenix, and they'll start to get some troops back now as well. And it's probably interesting how they now blend everyone back in because mm. everyone that stepped up on on Saturday all had a role to play. Um, let's go to the Cairns Taipans. They played on Monday night in Tasmania, and as we've talked about, um, Adam Ford wants this team to play an up tempo style. They want the, they want to be a fast paced team. They want to be shooting a lot of three pointers and. Um, didn't work great for them in the first half. I think they were two of 12 at halftime, but that third quarter performance shows exactly why 40s built this team and mm-hmm. what they're capable of. They had 39 points in the third quarter alone. They went nine of 13 from three-point land, and they did that without probably their best three-point shooter, Jonah yeah. Antonio, who didn't play. Um, they ended up winning the game, but that third quarter shows that this team could be pretty exciting. Yeah, it can be very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and you heard a comment from Forty saying, you know, last season they had games where they didn't have 39 and a half. <laughs> yes. So, look, he's definitely built them to be a scoring machine. Mm. Long, athletic, quick, and, and can shoot the ball. So if they can if they can figure it out on the defensive end and, and get their running game going, they're going to be able to beat any team in this league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was certainly uh, putting the league on notice a bit. Absolutely. Talking about putting the league on notice... The biggest shoes to fill of anybody this season is Derek Walden Jr. at yep. the Sydney Kings because he's replacing the MVP from last season, Jalen Adams. But boy, oh boy, what we saw from him on Saturday in, in Wollongong was was incredible. I'm not going to say he can be better than Jalen Adams, but mm. he, his impact could be just as significant because he he has an all-round game that I'm not sure anyone can stop in this league because he can go inside, he's pretty strong and can finish, finish out the room. We saw he can get to the foul line a lot and he can shoot the ball as well. Um, he had 32 points. The Kings had a, had a big night to start their championship defence and he was he was at the forefront of all of it. Oh, he certainly was. Um, and look, he can just, he can score in a, in an array of ways. It's yeah. just, it, he's really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, he's really composed. I think for me, the most impressive thing was, I think it was late in the fourth, he was, he was being guarded and drove down the side of the paint, kind of stopped, looked back middle, and then went back baseline, finished with his left, mm. got an end one. Yeah. Just as a smaller guy, especially in this league, with the long athletic yeah. defenders we have now, um, I think if he's able to do that inside as well as knocking down the threes, mm. which everyone, as soon as it left his hand, looked automatic, um, he's going to be tough to guard. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be a nightmare for some people. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was it was exciting. I think we were all a little, little bit concerned about how they would go without Jalen Adams, mm-hmm. but um, they obviously knew what they were doing because they they've they've got another another good one. Um, Perth Wildcats, they made a statement. I think we all expected big things from the Brisbane Bullets this season and and that's not right the Bullets off yet after after one game, but the Wildcats looked mighty impressive at, at home. Um, they looked motivated, they looked hungry and they, they looked like they were a, a well-drilled machine. Bryce Cotton, he caught fire in the first half, 17, 17 points he had at halftime, but then he, again, as we talked about during the Blitz, he turned facilitator in the second half and he had a lot of, a lot of players ar- around him that, that stepped up. There's a lot to like about that Wildcats performance. Probably the most impressive for me is that they probably, you know, had seven or eight guys that all had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they were they were really good. And if you had have stopped the game after the first five minutes, you would have said Brisbane win this by thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, look, Brisbane's going to take a while to gel. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know you got guys like Sobes out there that. Looked like he'd hadn't played in a while, which yep. he obviously hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Bainsey, very similar. First yeah. half, I think he had two points, a rebound mm. and an assist or yeah. something like that. But then he, then he had seven points in about the first two minutes yeah, of the third did. quarter. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you can see the impact that he's going to have uh, yep. on that team and in yep. this league. Once, once they've all got their legs under them and they start gelling better, they're, they're, they're going to be tough. Yeah. But it was, it was good to see the Cats back on track mm. and um, Bryce being Bryce. Mm. Um, Might have picked up a new... Damo nickname with uh, with all the steals as well. <laughs> yes, um, but no, he had a, he had just a typical Bryce game in uh, just amazing impact across the board and and uh, the Cats as a whole just just played really really good basketball after that first five minutes. Yes, no, that, no, they did. It was yeah, it was like the Wildcats of old in a lot of ways where mm. they just once they get on top of you in front of the Red Army, you oh, just the, the momentum yeah. just carries them away. And as you know. All too, all well. too well. All too well, Cody. Um, Jack Jumpers were another story out of the weekend, going zero and two. Concerns about them, so we'll we'll get Matty Knight's thoughts on them mm-hmm. a bit later because he he has a, a real soft spot for his Tasmanian team. So we'll we'll find out what his concerns might be after their their tough start. But the results from the weekend, and I'll, I'll see what else jumped out at you, Cody. Now that we've gone through probably the main main talking points, it started Saturday night. South East Melbourne Phoenix, as we talked about, beat the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, eighty four to seventy nine. Then second up, like we talked about, Sydney Kings, they put up 106 points to beat the Illawarra Hawks 97. And then on Sunday, Melbourne United went to overtime mm. against the New Zealand Breakers and they won 101 to 97. Perth Wildcats 87 to 73 over the Brisbane Bullets. And then Monday night with the Cairns Taipans lighting it up. Again, I, I, without it being in front of me, I'm, I'd be amazed if they even got to 100 points at all mm. last season. No. But they put up 106 points to beat the Jack Jumpers. 84 in front of a packed house down in down in in Hobart as well. So they did it on the road. Um, aside from what we have talked about already, Cody, what jumps out at you about the the rest of the action? Oh, look, I guess the one game is is probably the the Melbourne and New Zealand game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first overtime game of the season. Um, you know, I think even though it was game three, I think it could have been the third overtime game of the yeah, season, really. Yeah. But um, no, look, I think New Zealand did a really good job of of um, of taking it to Melbourne. But Melbourne is going to be one of those teams that is going to take time to gel as well. Yeah. Um, New Zealand, same. Um, you know, lots of moving pieces in both those teams. But uh, United have done a really good job of recruiting again, yep. as they always do, yep. putting up 101 points mm. in, in a game that was a bit back and forth and it was it was tough to kind of find a bit of momentum any, any way. Um, Ratham Mays came out and was, was tough. He, he was maybe we maybe we've underestimated him. Um, yeah, maybe he didn't get to play as big a role because Tyler Harvey had the ball yeah, so often sure. last year at the Hawks. But now with Shaylee not there with Melbourne at the mo- at the moment, he had the ball in his hands a lot, and he did well as a point guard mm-hmm. because he still had nine assists. But yep. 
gee, he showed he could score and shoot. 33 points, nine assists. Um, gee, <laughs> you would take that every day as your import point guard and we probably don't expect him to start once Shaley comes back, but right. maybe you should. Uh, yeah, look, and that's that's a tough one. That's one that Vickerman is, mm. is going to have to figure out once once Shay's back. But look, I think Shay will be in that starting lineup, mm-hmm. and then you've got you know XRM coming off the bench as, as that punch, and mm. that's you know that's huge for him. I think um, you know he he did did really well in in kind of like what Kyle Adam did and stepping up yep. when with with the outs that they had and Goulding coming out being being Chris mm-hmm. Goulding and. Geez, he'll uh, he'll want that little mid range back to, <laughs> yes. to to seal the game. Yep. Um, I thought that was down as soon as it left his hand. He was wide open and should have he just taken the three because he was shooting so well from three. Obviously, in theory, yeah, the mid range shot should be a bit easier, but maybe he's a better three point shooter. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> I think he was probably more open than he thought he was going to yeah. be. Yep. So, yep. but you know, they they ended up getting it done in uh, in mm-hmm. overtime. And look, I think again they're going to be a team that's. It's, it's tough all season. Um, and, yeah, look, really impressed with New Zealand with, yeah. with the way they came out and they'll be looking forward to getting back home and, and uh, in front of their home crowd and mm. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that a bit later when we get to our to our preview because on Friday that's going to be quite quite the event. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, a couple of other players I wanted to, to mention. I wanted to get your thoughts on, on Lockie Dent who came out and just he gave the Hawks a chance against mm-hmm. the Kings on Saturday night and... I was thrilled for him. I watched a lot of his NBA One games at the Brisbane Capitals this year, and and he did that sort of thing at the NBA One level, where he went through periods where he just couldn't miss. He would mm-hmm. just knock down three point shot after three point shot. But it's a totally different thing to then come out and do it at NBL level. You know, he's never had this chance to. That's probably the most shots he's ever taken in, in an NBL game, and he, he didn't miss. Yeah. So he went he went five or five from three, and um, I think he subbed himself out for a couple of minutes <laughs> in the fourth quarter because he he needed he needed to get get his breath back, but. He didn't quite end up being the match winner, but gee, it was fun to see him almost do it. Yeah, no, he was awesome. He was awesome, and Lockie came and trained with us a couple of times when mm. when I was there, and was a bit of a training player with us. And I mean, you could see, you could even see it back then. You know, he's he's one of those guys that is just full of confidence, and mm. you know, like you said, it's a lot of these guys coming in from the NBL one seasons that mm. they've had just just riding the confidence yeah. of, of that season, and it's uh, it's really cool to see. It's awesome to see the young guys stepping up. Yeah, look, I think there was a couple of times that he probably could have seen the ball again and Absolutely, didn't. And I, yeah. I definitely let that be known on my uh, <laughs> social media because mm-hmm. um, it happened in another game as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, that's that's something that frustrates me is, is when uh, you look off the the guy that's that's got the hot hand. Um, and he certainly had that. And there was a couple of times in transition where he's wide open on the wing, and I thought he could have uh, could have had uh, another look, yeah. but uh, didn't. In, well, it happened in that very same game with DJ yep. Vasilovic. Yep. He caught fire, hit those three threes in a row, mm-hmm. and he was there was no way he was going to miss if you got in the ball again. Yeah. Or, you know, he's going to keep shooting anyway. Yeah. Um, why, why don't we, in this league, go back to guys when they're hot? Why do you, I mean, we, we just don't see guys go off for 40 and 50 points, even though yeah. they're capable of it. When, when they catch fire, what? Why don't, why don't we? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's something that's very frustrating. And look, it's not just this league. It's, yeah. it's leagues everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why, did it, why did it used to happen? I mean, it, I mean Andrew Gaze, when he caught, caught fire... Not, every game. He would, <laughs> he, he would but he would, he, you, you wouldn't be able to get the ball off him. Yeah. You know, Brett Maher was the same, Shane Hill, all, all of the greats of the NBL. And, and you, you go beyond that to the NBA as well. When guys catch fire, 
in the past, you just keep feeding them the ball and, mm-hmm. and let them shoot themselves out until they are no longer on fire. But it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, any idea why? Yeah, no, it doesn't happen as often. And look, it's, it's one of those things that you don't want to be stuck in mud looking for the same thing over mm-hmm. and over because defences know how to adjust better now, right? So DJ hits three straight threes and all of a sudden you've got someone sitting in his pocket and it's tough to get him the ball again, yeah. right? So I think the big thing needs to be running plays for them. Yep. But at that point, they've got to realise that it's not going to be for them. It's going to mm. be for the guy screening mm. or, um, you know, he's going to kick it and hit the pop guy or mm-hmm. something, something along those lines. But I think they need to be more of a focus when, they're, when they've got the hot hand. Yep even if it's to be a distraction. Yep. Because, um, yeah, like I said, the defence is key in so much after someone hits two or three shots in a row. Well, um, And you almost want them to come and double-team him yeah. because that frees up the rest of your Ex- offence. Exactly, exactly. And there's, there's weapons everywhere yeah. on, on all these teams now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to do that. It's tough to throw doubles at, at yeah. players because yeah. everyone can shoot now. Yeah. It's just the way basketball is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I think that needs to be a bit more of a focus. Mm. Um, definitely looking... Looking to the hot guy. In the case of the Hawks, how much of a do you think it's Jacob Jacobus that should have instructed his team to to keep feeding Lockie Dent and even George King as well, who was mm-hmm. shooting really well. Yeah. He went four or six himself. Or is it up to Tyler Harvey and Justin Robinson, who for the night they went one of sixteen yeah. from three? Did they need to stop shooting and give it to the guys who were shooting well? Yeah, and look, one of the examples that I was talking about with with Lockie was Tyler Harvey down the middle yeah. in his usual little floater. Yep. That you know he usually makes. Yep. So and that's that's something that is just automatic. It probably mm. it's just second nature. He doesn't even think mm. about not shooting that. Mm. But when you're struggling, I think finding other ways to get yourself involved and make an impact, mm. especially at home and a young local kid and yep. seeing him go off. Yep. You see him in the corner, out the corner of your eye, especially after he's gone five for five from <laughs> yeah. three. Yeah. Hit him. But no, look, I think that a lot of this stuff happens during the run of the game and it's not during a timeout you know so i think it needs to be more on the point guards and the point guards need to be able to read and figure out that he's got the hot hand he's just made two three four shots in a row let's go back to him run a play for him and and do it that way because a lot of the times when when people go on a tear like that a team will call a timeout to try and adjust Mm -hmm. so that can be brought up then but i think it needs to be solely on the point guard yeah i think so too and it was frustrating watching to see robinson come back into the game after he was hurt for a little while to sub in for dent and then come in and take a bad shot and not look healthy and then they lost all the momentum and they They couldn't they couldn't catch up from there um i want to stick with that game for for a second longer I had a lot of fun watching Justin Simon enjoy himself playing against the Hawks in Wollongong for the first time, but I also enjoyed Wani Swucker's game as well because he got his wish to have the ball in his hands a bit more mm-hmm. and to show a bit more of his offensive flair there for the Hawks as well. Both those guys, I think, will fit in really well at their new teams, and it was fun watching them against their, their old, old sides. Oh, for sure. And look, Wani, I think this was probably a good move for him, yeah. um, moving down the road. Uh, and you, you could see, like, he's just... He's oozing with confidence now, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. And I think once he sees a couple of his outside shots go down, because yep. he can shoot the ball. He hasn't shown it in the NBL yet, mm-hmm. but he can shoot the piss out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he is a really good shooter. So once he sees a couple of those go down, he's going to be tough mm-hmm. because he's got such a quick first step. And he's going to be able to get on the rim, and with the athletic guys he's got around him, it, it's going to be all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the defensive end, it's going to be good yeah. as well because he's going to be the leader of that unit. Um, like he was at Sydney. But yeah, look, it's, it's always fun seeing guys that had success 
go to another squad and play against their former teams and uh, you always go into those games with a bit more of a chip on your shoulder. What sort of response would have Simon received over the over the over the over the fence on on Saturday night from his old old home fans? Oh, I'm sure it wasn't pretty. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't pretty. But uh, no, look, as a player, you love that. Some guys embrace it, and he seemed he seemed to love it. Oh yeah, he's one of those guys that, that would embrace that mm. side of things, and you can't take that sort of stuff to heart. You mm. know, it's it doesn't matter what you do. If you change teams and you, you come back to the to the city, then you're always going to cop it, and it's just it's the way it is, and you've got to be able to embrace it. And he, he certainly did that. Is there ever a building where you really copped it? Did any? Do you remember anyone getting stuck into you? Oh, in did Perth. you ever? Did you ever cop Simon Devlin's treatment? No, not really, mm. not really. But I I copped it here in Perth a lot. Yep. I copped it here in Perth a lot. So and I just Simon um, Devlin even got it stuck into Aaron Baines, and they they yeah. had, they had a bit of a chat I on did, yeah. a chat on Sunday, which is. I don't know if it's a great thing or not, but <laughs> but it's it's enter- no. entertaining nonetheless. Yeah, no, the camera caught that one, didn't mm, it? So yeah. yeah, no, look, I think it's 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 one of those things, you know. Obviously, with my family ties to the Wildcats, I mm. uh, I certainly copped it the most here, and mm. yeah, that's fair. But you know, it's all it's all part of it. It's, it's all part of the fan experience. It's all part of, of the. Some of it probably come from some of the Ellis family, didn't it? Probably, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Masked their voice a little bit, and uh, I'm sure they were the ones spitting slurs me more than anyone. So, uh, all right, Cody, I think that pretty much covers what we saw in round one of the NBL. But we've got our awards to dish out, so we'll get our our best defensive player award from Damian Martin again this season. And when we come back, we'll have a chat to Matty Knight and get his Player of the Year award votes for round one. And also, Scott Ninnis from the Adelaide 36ers uh, will get his best team man, the Galen Award winner for this week, and we'll get his thoughts on what he saw from Adelaide as well because. I'm sure he's feeling pretty good about things mm-hmm. right now. So when we come back, we'll get into our, our awards for round one. Sounds good. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and really excited to have Matty Knight giving our votes in our Play of the Year Award each and every week here on the show. Matty, how do we find you this week? And, gee, it's been a big few days of basketball. It's been, it's been a great way for the NBL to start the season. Um, a lot of close games. And then you've got Adelaide knocking off the number one seed in the West over in America. So it's uh, a great week for the NBL. Did you ever think you would see an NBL team go over and beat an NBA team, especially one as stacked as that Phoenix Suns team? Yeah, no, um, obviously a couple of years ago, Perth gave Denver a run for their money. But, um yeah, to go over and beat the number one seeded team last year and a lot of their players, most of the players played. So full credit to CJ and Adelaide 36ers to go over there and um, get the win. Absolutely. Before we get your votes on our Play of the Year award, what are your memories of your battles with Cody over the years? <laughs> you had some, some fascinating battles in those, especially probably the Wildcats and, and Hawks days. Yeah, no. It was always tough going into Cody. You always play inside and out. And I always had... Hated having to go out and guard the three-point line. So, um, <laughs> a tough matchup, and he had a great career. Um, it's good to see him still involved in the basketball over here and uh, on on this podcast. Well, yeah, mate. I always, always uh, hated guarding you on the other end. So, um, yeah, it's fairly mutual. Um, no, look, we've uh, we've had this discussion with with Jesse and and Sean as well, and. Um, I guess the one thing going against you guys was always uh, always tough, and but it was always a lot of fun because uh, you guys were always always the uh, the standard of the league. Oh, cheers, mate! You yeah, know, some great battles over the years. Uh, 
the Hawks and the Wildcats. So, um, yeah, no, it was good fun. Like you said, a lot of fun. All right, Matty. So you're taking ownership of our Player of the Year award this year. Um, it was only the five games over over the, the week, over round one to start the season. But um, let's get your votes. We'll we'll do a five four three two one system. Do you want to start with your one or your five? Uh, I'm going to start with my one. All right. Who'd you go with? Uh, the young kid. Even though they didn't get the win, the young kid from Illawarra, Lockie Dent. Mm. He uh, he almost singular handedly got Illawarra to win. Yeah, he did. They come in in such a big game and have how many points he had on a high percentage shooting clip. I think they even had Justin Simon move to him yeah, to try and stop him, but that didn't stop him. So to see a young kid like that in such a big moment step up was amazing. No, great call. And it's great great to give someone like that the acknowledgement as well. So so I like it. Who, who'd you go with for the two votes? Two votes from Jock Dang last night. Mm. He, uh, he really turned it for Cairns. He's a, he's a veteran now. He's been in the league for a while. And, um, yeah, he really got Cairns moving last night. And... Uh, like you told me, they're going to shoot 40, 45 threes, and they definitely ripped up. <laughs> they got them in. They got them in the third. Helped them in the third quarter. That last quarter, I'm too mm. sure it was going to help. So look how teams if they are if they can shoot like they did in that third quarter, yeah. they're going to upset a lot of teams. Yeah. great to see Majuk do that as well. He's that he's now a leader on that team as well as their most experienced player. So great to see him step up. Three votes. Bryce Cotton. Mm. Um, obviously Bryce is Bryce, but uh. Was it Del Reed? He broke a, a, a record for the Wildcats in a 40-minute game or something in terms of points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Mm. So, obviously, Bryce is uh, he's the engine of that Wildcats team. So, if he's playing well, they're always going to be tough to beat. So, he gets the three votes. What about the four? Kyle Adnam on, on the, in the first game against Tassie. 30 points. Someone so small, he gets the job done. And, Obviously, they've got quite a few injuries, and he really stepped up and put that team on his shoulders. And um, it's great to see the confidence that young kid has. Um, hopefully, he continues that on when um, they get a few players mm. back. But uh, yeah, no, for him to come out game one like that and shoot the way he did and, and run that team, um, it's really going to help. Now, we haven't talked about this in advance, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that your five votes might go to the man that's replacing the MVP from last year. Hey. Yeah, yes, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. I'm... I assume it's Derek Walton from the Kings. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> it was always going to be tough to replace last year's MVP, mm. but he's come in and um, and he's up for the challenge, it looks like. He's really going to uh, determine how far Sydney go, and if he plays like that, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for Sydney and the league. Yeah. Um, just, just the plays he makes, is, you just sit back and go, wow. Um, there'll be a few nervous guards in the league when they have to play him. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, the Hawks had no answer for him. So very happy with those, those votes, Matty. We'll get them off you each and every week. Um, before I let you go, how concerned are you about the, about your jack jumpers? Zero and two already. And now that they, they have to be the, the first team to go over there and play play in Auckland for, for the Breakers' return home. Yeah, no, um, it's probably not the start they wanted. Our finish they had last year and, I was such a defensive team last year, and they've already given up 84, I think it was 84 or 79, and then 100 points last night. Um, Scott Roth talked about it after the game, that they can't be fouling that many times. Teams go on the foul line 28 and 32 times. It's tough. Obviously, you get Magne back, Steindl back, McDaniels back. So they've got some guys to come back. But uh, they started off slow last year, but um, they're no longer the underdogs now. So teams are going to chase them. 
Uh, they've got a good culture down there. Scott's shown he's a great coach, so I'm sure he'll have him bouncing back. But yeah, it wouldn't be ideal to start the season 0-3, and it's a tough trip to New Zealand. The crowd's going to be fired up. They haven't had any basketball over there for a couple of years. So um, New Zealand, they push Melbourne, so they're unlucky there in the end. So it's, it's going to be a big game for Tassie. You don't want to start the season 0-3, but New Zealand's going to be keen to get their win at home. I know it's early days with, with Tassie, but what are your thoughts on their imports? Do you reckon that they should have uh, tried a little harder to keep keep both imports from last year? I think so. Like, yeah, obviously money comes into it, but successful this day and age, you've got to spend a bit of money. Yeah. And Josh Adams almost single-handedly yeah. won him a championship. Exactly. And the other import, the big fella, he was slowly started off slow, but by the end of the year, he was a, one of their main players, so... I think they should have kept them, at least for another year anyway, or two-year deal. To build that culture, you need to keep returning the same guys. Obviously, they kept their locals contingent, but Josh Adams was something special, and I think they're missing his play already. Well, they just don't have that go-to scorer that they did in in Adams last year, which um, seems to be a bit of an issue when they go stagnant. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of of ball-watching right Mm -hmm. now. Majette's a great point guard, but he's not going to win you games by shooting high points so last year he could give it to Adams and he could create and he was hitting some tough shots but he's hitting it consistently so it wasn't like it was a one-off like that final series was he went the next level and I thought it would have been great for Tassie to bring him back obviously his asking price probably went up but I'm sure he could go back and forth and find some common ground and work out a deal that suits both parties. Yeah, well, I think so. And based on what we've seen of Doyle and Kelly so far, they're probably not the same same level. And, and their defense obviously isn't isn't what it was last year either. So, I mean, not only not only this week do they play the Breakers, they then come back home and play the Sydney Kings as well. Oh, oh, actually, these are the Brisbane Bullets. They got the Brisbane Bullets who are still looking for for a win too. So, it's going to be fascinating to follow them. But it's also going to be fascinating to follow your votes each and every week, Matty. So, thanks for what you did in round one, and we'll do it again next week. Sounds good, fellas. Have a good one. Thanks, Matty. Okay, back on six. On I was always going to say Sixers fix Scott Ninnis. That was that was the show that we've done together for the last three years. But delighted to have you part of my show here with Cody on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. We'll be giving you the duty of naming our best team man winner each and every week. But we've got a lot to talk to you about right now. And after seeing what the 36ers did, it's not too long after you won your championship at the at the South Adelaide Panthers. You must be you must be feeling on top of the world. Pretty excited. Uh, thanks, boys. Yeah. Look, uh, obviously. Uh yeah, coming back, my first year back in the NBL one with the team that I, I grew up being part of, and uh, yeah, yeah, winning the championship was was beyond belief. But uh, yeah, then the thirty sixes going out and beating the Phoenix Suns yesterday, uh, I reckon you would have got some pretty decent odds on that, boys. So uh, look, it's it, oh, look, obviously it's a you know it's a historic feat. You know, first team, first NBL team to beat an NBA team. But oh, I think leading into the season, what it's going to do, you know, for this uh, for this city from a, a you know a height point of view and getting bums on seats, it's uh, it's very exciting. And obviously, you know, we we've had some pretty pretty up and down seasons. It'd be fair to say, putting it politely, over the last few years. But um, yeah, the sense on that we've got uh, when you look at the three imports we've bought in this year is uh, is something that uh, that is quite exciting. That's sure well speaking of the three imports how nervous are you that uh some of them might not be coming back back Mm. to uh, adelaide uh they all played so well uh over the weekend and uh certainly put their names on the map 
absolutely petrified, thanks, Cody. Yeah, it's, look, it's, it's it's one of those ones like you know, I, I I thought we'd give a good account of ourselves. I think you know we've got a good team. They're going to play an exciting brand of basketball. Um, you know, when I saw that, you know, Phoenix were trotting out Chris Paul and, and Booker and Nathan, you get a little bit nervous, but, um, yeah, they almost played a little bit too well, didn't they? You know, when uh, when Randall's hitting, you know, those threes, you know, not just in the NBA three-point line, but, you know, the range that he showed was quite incredible to hit nine threes, you know, is unbelievable. And, and Randall, with his size, has already had a bit of a look, uh, looking with the Boston Celtics earlier on. Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous now, you know, it's... Uh, and you wouldn't blame them. And those guys have got NBA out clauses and, uh, you know, teams that are you know looking to sort of top up and get some players that can do, you know, some fairly specific uh, things. You know, obviously shooting's a very important part of them. So, yeah, let's hope they just didn't play too well. Maybe uh, they could take a backward step and uh, uh, CJ might give them a DNP on uh, against OKC. <laughs> Who knows? So. <laughs> now, now, Scott, each show that we've done over the last three years, I continue to remind you that you're, that you're the only man involved with every Adelaide 36ers championship. So the club means a lot to you. You've just been included to the, the Hall of Fame, obviously, earlier this year as well. I mean, for somebody who has such a love for the 36ers, what does a, a result like this do for, for the club on the international stage? What, does it, what do you think it means? Well, I think it's a bit more than that, mate. I think it's, I think what it does for Australian basketball in general, it shows that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of us that, uh, you know, have been involved with basketball for a long time. And, you, you know, we know that, you know, when you talk about the, the absolute top flight players in the NBA, you, you know, that they, they are in a league of their own. But, you know, the further you get down the bench, there's, there's not a lot of difference. And we've seen that with, you know, NBA players that have come out and played in our in the NBL that perhaps haven't done all that all that well and, and obviously there's a lot of guys who now are going from the NBL to the NBA. So there's not you're not talking about a chasm in, 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 in talent. So I think what it does is it really you know, stamps the legitimacy of, of Australian basketball and I, I think that that's obviously exciting going forward. I mean who who knows, we might uh, might be able to drag an NBA team out here for a uh, for a pre season game at the other stage. But oh, I think it really does legitimise, uh, you, you know, Australian basketball and NBL and, you know, what's happening here over the last few years. And uh, it is very exciting, obviously. Now, Scott, a lot of change on the NBL TV commentary side of things coming into this season. And a couple of our old mates on the show, Sean Redditch and Alex Loudon, haven't made the made the cut. But in Adelaide, how did Brett Maher get chosen ahead of you? Uh, it was a beggar's belief, mate. Like, you know, <laughs> you just, you just got to wonder. I reckon he might have just pipped me with uh, with his career, just uh, just slightly. Uh, those three Olympics and, you know, captain and, and you know, finals MVPs. But, uh, no, it's, it's exciting. It's, you know, my ambition now is to play him full of red wine in the uh, in the sponsors' room before the game and uh, anything could, uh, could happen uh, during the game. But, no, it's good. Oh, look, I mean, Brett's... You know, I'm biased because because he's my mate, but I, I've always felt that he, you know, I know what the research he does when he, you know, when he does any sort of commentary gig or emceeing or anything like that, and, and you know, when you listen to some of the clowns that uh, have been trotted around the commentary over over the last decade or so, you, you sort of scratch your head and wonder why, you know, someone like him, you know, hasn't been a more regular. Uh, uh, you know, commentator, but uh, no, it'll be, it'll be great. Uh, we know he'll do a good job, and um, uh, yeah, it'll be very exciting. Before we have a look at what happened in the NBL this past weekend, 
Talk to me about your NBL One Championship at South Adelaide, your first season back at the club that you grew up playing at, your dad had a strong history at. What did it mean to you to, to win that championship? Obviously, Cody knows what it's like to win a championship at his local club, doing it with his dad a couple of years ago. What did, talk, talk me through that whole whole experience. Oh, look, it's, oh, it's, it's a weird one for me having been out of the game from a coaching perspective for so long. So you know, my last coaching gig was with the 36ers in, in 2010. So it's been 12 years since I've coached at any level and, and 18 years since I've coached in what is now the NBL one. So I didn't know, really know what to expect. I mean, I, you know, I was I was confident that you know what would implement, you know, would, would work. Um, you know, we really had only well two changes to a team that finished ninth and went seven eleven last year. Now it, it did help that one of those changes ended up being the best player in the competition. <laughs> Too fair to say that uh, that helped, but that you know once again that you know as you know recruiting is is part of coaching and and to get someone who we knew was familiar with the league in, in Jeremy Smith and knew was was a great teammate and a you know ultra competitor was uh, was fairly exciting. So um, once again, I, I didn't know a lot about the, the, the competition. I didn't know a lot about my own team, but as as it, we sort of got further and further into the season, I, I knew we had a group that you know would never give up. You know, even when we found ourselves in holes, we just uh, you know we just continued to you know just chip away and chip away and, and had a never-say-die attitude. So, um, you know, we finished in third position. We had to play for us all that, you know, everybody predicted would win the, win the championship this year. Uh, Daniel Johnson uh, played for them, and we know what he's capable of at an NBL level, let alone on an NBL one level. And, you know, we managed to beat them twice on the way to the championship. So, I, you know, my I guess my charter coming back in this year was, was to get the team back in the playoffs you know, not just this year, but every year. Um, you know, and the good teams do that. The good good teams you know, don't ever seem to bottom out. They always make the playoffs and always give themselves a chance. Uh, to win the championship in the first year was uh, was just beyond belief, and um, it's finally sunk in now. The, the you know, well, the, the the club hasn't made. You know, it's made the playoffs twice in in 24 years, and it's been 25 years since we won a championship. So, uh, you know, this is the first year we've made the playoffs since 2008. I think the enormity of the achievement is sinking in, um, and and as you said, you know, to do it with a club that I started playing for when I was 11 years old and finished playing, you know, played my last game of basketball ever when I was 33. You know, my dad was part of championship teams of South Adelaide back in the 60s before basketball was even trendy. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, just just astonishing. And um, you know, we had you know, a bunch of uh, yeah, you know, the, I guess the emotion it generated within the club and to get some you know past players and coaches back, uh, you know, to, through our playoff campaign. You know, Don Shipley and Ken Cole, both ex-36er coaches and, and had been involved in South Adelaide. To see, you know, people like that coming back and, and you know, the, the pride that they took in seeing us win uh, yeah, is something that's very, very special. Um, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to be, be involved in a lot of successful teams, but uh, this one is, is right up there. Well, you've gone one for one. Did you think about hanging them up after that and just leaving leaving on a high note? Absolutely, mate. Mic drop, <laughs> down, walk exactly. out the front door, never to be seen from ever again. Thanks for I mean, like that. It's the, it's the absolute ultimate. I signed a three-year contract. I, I, I wish I'd just done it year by year now. And I just, just would wave, you know, wave off, like give them the queen wave as I walked out, walked out the door. But, yeah, look, we, we set a fairly high standard for ourselves now. And, you know, we're pretty much underdogs 
uh, well, not pretty much. We were underdogs in every finals game we played this year, and, and one of the Forrester games, you know, we were $4.50 underdogs now. I'm not sure in a two-horse race how you do that, and, uh, you know, it's it's probably lucky we're not allowed to bet on basketball. I might have had a dollar or two on it, uh, <laughs> for that, but... Um, yeah, we, we've set a standard now, and, and I guess what I'm saying is we obviously won't be underdogs next year. You know, we'll be the ones that have a bullseye on our back, and, and you know, we're, we're going to, you know, hold, uh, I guess, our exit meetings this week with the group, and, and I would expect there be won't be a lot of change. Um, but once again, you can't sit and rest on your laurels either. I mean, we need to get better. Um, we, we weren't the most... We weren't the tallest team in the competition and we weren't the most athletic team by any stretch of the imagination. So they're areas that we will look to, you know, tinker with and, and try and put, uh, you know, a few extra pieces of the puzzle and, uh, yeah, try and do it all again next year. Now, Scott, your involvement in the show this year is going to involve picking the best team man each and every week from the NBL. So we, we called this award the Galen Award last year in honour of Galen Young, a Perth Wildcats championship winner who unfortunately passed away far too early, but we, we thought he epitomised everything that this award was meant to be about. Um, last year, our winner was Antonius Cleveland, and you've now got him there in Adelaide. So the, the idea of this award is to go probably to the to the guy who helps their team win, not necessarily by having to score the most points or doing all the flashy things, but the guy that has the biggest impact on their team winning. Um, now, I don't know how much time you've had to think about your winner from round one, but from what you saw across the weekend, does somebody jump out that you might like to throw out there? Oh, look, I, you know, as a, as a little guy myself and, and, you know, six foot two, I guess, in, in the normal world is, um, is, you know, actually fairly tall in normal life, but as you know, on the basketball court, uh, absolute short answer. So I'm, I'm always a big rap for the little guy. I, I thought, you know, what Cole Adnam did was, was pretty special the other day. Um, you, you know, and, and people, I don't think they write him off, but I, you know, every time he gets an opportunity to dart, you know, a, through injury and whatever, he always seems to elevate his, his game up another level. And oh, I, I really liked what he did the other day. No, I think that's the perfect perfect choice. If I had to pick somebody out that I had to choose, I think he would have been the guy. I mean, they were missing four of their probably best six players, and he stepped up, and, and they beat the grand finals from last year. So I think that's a, that's a great call. Do you have any memories of Galen Young before we let you go, Scott, now that you're going to be announcing this, this award in his honour each and every week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was, um, you, you know, he, he's the sort of guy you want on your team. You know, he just, you know, we've all had players that, uh, you know, everyone looks at the, you know, the Bryce Cottons of this world and, and, and you take it back to the, you know, the era that I played in with the, you know, the Andrew Gazes and the, and the Brett Mars and, and, you know, I use those two guys as an example. You know, those guys had people like Warwick Giddy and Robert Sibley and, and here in Adelaide we had people like Rupert Sapwell and, and guys that just did, you know, you don't win without those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the superstars are the one that's going to get all the accolades but those guys in the background that, you know, do the one percenters and, and not necessarily always the stuff that shows up in the stat line are, you know, absolutely worth their weight in gold. And, um, you know, Galen was uh, you know, sort of guy I would have loved to have had on my team, that's for sure. No, that's why we've got you to do this award this year, Scott. So it's, yeah, something we're looking forward to catching up with you each week to, to get your nominees. And it's good to still be working with you this year after what we've done on Sixers Fix the last three years. We'll wait and see what the 36ers are doing on that on that space and see what, what we're doing this year, Scott. But for now, thanks for joining us and we'll do it again next week. That is my pleasure, guys. Uh, looking forward to uh, catching up every week. All right, Cody, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, and 
It was good fun to catch up with Scotty and Maddie and to get their awards for for this week. You happy with the men that they picked out? You happy with Maddie's five four three two one? And you happy with Kyle Adnam as the as the Galen winner for this week? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think Maddie hit all the votes on the head. Um, I'm glad he put Lockie Dent in there. Yeah. Um, I think he certainly deserves some recognition. And I think the only one really that missed out was uh, Rath and Mays. But um, look, it was a it was a good round all over. So it was always going to be hard for him to to pick. Just five guys out yes. of that. Um, but no, I think they were all spot on. And then, uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm very happy with Kyle as, mm. as the, the Galen Award for this week. And Scott was remarkably lucid as well. He mm. hadn't quite dug into that, that bottle of red just yet. Yeah, not quite, not quite. Maybe we'll call him a little <laughs> bit later next week and get some more juicy stuff out of him. What you do need to do is go and go on one of his premium wine tours over in Adelaide next time you get a chance, Cody. Absolutely. All right, so let's get into round two, Cody, and it starts on Thursday night back in Wollongong. This is a fascinating game. So the Aurora Hawks need to bounce back and win, but they're up against a South East Melbourne Phoenix team coming off that win against, against the Jack Jumpers. I don't think they'll get anyone back. There's still no Joe Chi, still no Brokoff or Cal or Brown, but they didn't need them last week either, so this will be an interesting one. Yeah, it will be. And look, I think Illawarra was a step ahead of where I thought they would be. Yep. So... I think this will be a tough one. Again, like we said, Phoenix looked like they showed a lot more heart than they did um, towards the end of last season um, this round. So, look, I'm actually really looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be a tough one. Phoenix have kind of had the Hawks numbers in the past yeah, year and a yeah. half. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes because they've both got a bit of mix-up in their squads now, yep. so a bit different. Look, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Hawks for that one. Hmm. It's tough to see them losing mm. two home games in a row to yep. start, the, start the season. And in fairness, you almost feel like if they were playing anyone but the Kings on Saturday night, they'd probably almost win that game. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think they would. I think mm. they would. But, you know, run into the champs and, mm. you know, they're running high. And, uh, yeah, that was that was certainly a tough team to run into. But, uh, look, Phoenix is going to take it to them. Yep. They're definitely going to take it to them. So it should be a good game. Friday night gets underway at Spark Arena in Auckland. Um, we haven't been able to say that for a long time. It's it's going to be so exciting to just see see how passionate and thankful everybody is to be in the building again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's sold out. There's going to be, I think it holds just under 10,000 people there. So yep. it's going to be packed out. They're going to be cheering for their team. They're going to be so excited to see their, well, the team in pink. I think, mm. pink's, I think pink's their home uniform. I think so. Oh, they're in or, pink. Or it, might be, it might be light blue. Yeah, it might e- be. Either way, they're very, very fluorescent. Love them. I love them. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're great uniforms. Breakers have always had some great uniforms so over, over the years. They do a lot of things right. I'm sure they're so excited to be to be back home and, and playing in front of those home fans. You, you're someone who's been away from home for a long time. Mm-hmm. What would the feeling be like to, to come home for them and to be playing in front of their home fans after, especially the guys that have been there for the last two years? Mm. What, what's that feeling going to be like? Uh, nerves, anxiousness, mm. excitement, yeah. just everything. It's yep. uh, Look, I think I'm excited mm. and you know I'm not playing the game. So <laughs> yeah. look, I think it's going to be a heck of an event. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. New Zealand, like you said, do a lot of things right. So I think it's going to be, they're going to put on a show and then the game's going to be awesome as well. Look, I, I wouldn't want to be Tassie, to be honest with you. Yep. I think it's, uh, it's rough. It's rough <laughs> that they yeah. um, have to go in, into New Zealand as, uh, as their first home game or first away game yep, for, yep. for them. And um, I think New Zealand do, do get the win on that one, mm. um, purely riding the wave of emotion. You're right. It's absolutely horrible timing for the Jack yeah, Jumpers, isn't it? I good. mean, they're zero and two, and now they go into this sort of environment where the breakers are going to be 
so fired up to not let their not let their home country down. Yeah. They're going to want to mark this occasion with a win and everyone's going to be so excited. I mean, if you're the Jack Jumpers, I probably equate it to trying to come into RSA Arena when that place is packed and mm-hmm. you've got those 14,000 fans screaming in you as an opposition player. How do you try to block it out and try to focus as the visiting team? It's tough. It's mm. tough. It's something that you can't really do. You've yeah. just got to concentrate on, on the next play. And um, look, it... It's going to be really good for New Zealand, but I think it can also be one of those things where it becomes a bit of a disadvantage yeah. because you're too hyped up, yep. too psyched to be part of it sure. and, and in it. And I, I kind of hope it doesn't go that way. Mm. Um, but look, um, I'm upset that Abercrombie isn't the one yeah. isn't going to be out there playing because yeah. I think uh, the reception there would have been awesome. Yeah. But he's going to get his own homecoming <laughs> all will. by himself, which yeah. I think is fairly well deserved. The, um, good, the good thing about the way his injuries panned out is that I think he's going to be able to play home games a lot earlier yeah. than we expected with the, his eye injury. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to fly for up to the next two months, yeah. unfortunately, but he might be able to play home games within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and that'd be awesome to see. Yeah. I hope that happens because yeah. um, it'd be... You know, he's that emotional leader on that team. and He might just have an eye patch on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So, no, look, I think this is going to be an awesome game. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a bit of a spectacle over there. And, and I think New Zealand do get that one fairly fairly handily. Uh, I think you're exactly right. It's going to go either one or two ways where the breakers are too fired up and their mm-hmm. anxiousness gets to them or yeah. they can ride their wave of momentum and completely blow the jack jumpers away. Yeah. Second up on Friday, fascinating game as well. So the Sydney Kings back home, they'll they'll raise their championship banner so it's going to be another big occasion. You'd think another big crowd there to, to witness it. But, you know, Aaron Baines and Nathan Sobey and the Brisbane Bullets come to town and they'll be pretty desperate to make up for... For their first up loss, and pretty sure they won't be having 24 turnovers again. No, you wouldn't think so. Mm. You wouldn't think so. And look, that seems to be something that happens when when you come to Perth, is, mm. is your turnovers seem to go through yeah. the roof a bit. Look, uh, again, that's a tough one. Mm. Going into the champs' house while they raise the banner and, and after a loss coming to Perth. Yeah. So they drew the short, short straw with the mm. uh, early schedule, uh-huh. coming coming to Perth and then, and then going to Sydney. But look, I, th- I think Brisbane is going to be that work in progress and I think people need to be patient with them as well. You saw Duncan probably a bit up in the air with, with his rotations mm, as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone played more than, I think it was 25 minutes or yeah, something no, like that. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. We talked about Tanner Krebs last week and we b- both thought he was going to have a big season and he started the game on fire hitting those two threes in Perth and mm. then it felt like he almost didn't see the court again in the second and third quarters yep. and then he comes on in the first, fourth quarter and mm-hmm. knocks down another shot. Yeah, I mean, it felt like their rotations were a little bit out of whack and, you know, Nathan Sobey doesn't quite look, you know, at full health and surprisingly, Jason Kadee had a bit of an off night mm. too. Yeah, look, and I think it's one of those things that the, the commentary team hit the nail on the head and said, look, it's all well and good to have all these stars, but it, it's hard to find a rhythm yeah. when you're in and out every few minutes. Yeah. So, again, it's a bit of a, a learning curve with this squad um, for Duncan trying to figure out who's going to work with who properly yeah. and... Because um, I'm sure he hasn't had everyone for preseason. Yeah. You know, no. people have been hurt. You'd have guys in and out. And mm. Again, like it, it just, I think everyone needs to be a bit patient with Brisbane and yeah. until they figure out exactly what their rotations mm. are going to be and once they start gelling. But I think they're going to come good at some point. But look, I think Sydney get this one, especially yeah. unveiling their banner. Yeah, it's hard to see that they'll come in and spoil their their celebrations. Two more games on Saturday. South East Melbourne Phoenix, short turnaround, but it's not a massive flight either from Sydney down to Melbourne. No. But they play at home against the Cairns Taipans, who they deserve to be on a high after what they did on, mm-hmm. on Monday night. This is, this is another fascinating one. It is, it is, and it's it's all going to come down to defence for Phoenix if, if they can stop them. Because, yeah. um, look, it's it's tough, and Cairns' first game of the weekend, 
Melbourne or Southeast Melbourne, sorry. Yeah, they're Basically playing it back to back, you know, uh, with, with travel in there. So that's going to be tough. I don't like betting against Phoenix twice in, in a <laughs> round, but mm. I think the way Cairns play, I think they'll eventually come fourth quarter, they'll just be, be too much up and down for, for Phoenix. So yep. I think Cairns get that one. And second up. Gee, talk about it back, backing it up on a on a tough tough double header. Um, the Perth Wildcats remain at home, but the Illawarra Hawks come to town, having to have played at home on on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and then come to play in Perth on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And it, it always seems to be that way. You always mm. seem to catch Perth in Perth on the on the back yeah, of a double yeah. header. So yeah, look, that's that's going to be a tough one. I think uh, I think the Cats get that done at home, mm. and uh, you know I think that they're going to build as well. They're going to be one of those teams that everyone needs to be patient with. Mm. Just Guys getting their feet and um, guys like Brady Manick, who yep. is going to be a force in this league. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a force in this league. Yep. Didn't have a great shooting night, but... The shots know, looked actually pretty good, though, didn't they? Oh, they did. And it's, yeah. it's such a quick release and it's it's high. It's yep. It looks really good and it looks effortless. Like I said, he, he will be a force. Yep. He's just once he figures it, once he figures the league out properly and once they, uh, I guess, get their rotations right mm-hmm. and new head coach, new yep. system, all that sort of stuff. So, But look, I think Perth win that. It's a nice rotation. If you can rotate between Blanchfield, Travis and Manic, it's when they're all firing, it's gonna to be tough to stop. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got Jesse coming off the bench oh, with that. Well, who had a massive night. He, he was awesome. He hadn't yeah. played all preseason and then he comes out and, and has a has a has a Jesse night and puts down fourteen points and yeah. takes a couple of charges and does Jesse things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's you know, that's why they, they wanted him back and then tried so hard to get him back. Yeah. So yeah, look, Perth got that done. Two more games on Sunday. First up Based on what we've talked about, this could be a battle of winless teams. So it's a big one down in, in Hobart again. The Jack Jumpers against the Bullets wouldn't want to be the team that loses this game if they've already lost earlier in the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is a tough one to pick. Mm. This is a tough one to pick. And look, again, I don't know if Tassie's going to have any of their guys back. Probably not. Yeah, look, I just think they're a step behind right now, just from the two games that we've seen. I think Brisbane have too much firepower for them. Look, I... I it's, it's a very tough one, very tough one to pick. So, look, I'll, I'll go with Brisbane. And I think, look, I think Tassie is going to make some strides this weekend. Mm. But I, I still don't think they're quite up to it yet without um, some of their main guys coming back. Familiar territory for Harry Froling going back down yeah. to where he won a NBL One Championship yeah. just a, about a month ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm sure he'll be excited to mm. do that. Then second up on Sunday, and this is a big game too, Melbourne United, who I think we're all maybe a little bit surprised how good they actually looked mm. last week. Still got Shaili to come back into that team, but no, they, they played really well to get that win over the Breakers. And then the Sydney Kings, another team, almost playing a back-to-back, having played from Friday night to a Sunday afternoon afternoon game. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting one if Shaili's not playing, which mm. I don't think he will be. No, I'm not I mean... Sure. Yeah, he seems to be really struggling to shake off the symptoms of the concussion that, mm. he's, that he's suffering. Yeah, which which is frustrating because that would have been an awesome, mm. awesome little matchup. Yeah. Well, watching him, yeah, hound, hound Derek Walton would have been yeah. a, a lot of fun. So yeah, it would have been good to see his first real defender. Yeah. And um, I think that look, I, I think Melbourne actually get that one because, um, yeah. like I said, they they're actually better than or more ahead where, from where I thought yeah. they'd be. Absolutely. And we'll wait and see if we ever see that Nate Jawai signing as well. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Monday night, the round wraps up. Cairns Taipans, first home game of the season. If we're, if we're excited by what they can do on the road, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do in front of their, their home fans yep. and, and light up that building up there. They take on the Perth Wildcats team who, again, it's another team with a pretty short turnaround. Um, play on Saturday night, then you've got to fly up to Cairns to play on Monday. Yeah, definitely. And look, I, it's going to be interesting to see how Perth can go guarding... The, the can style of play. 
always been renowned for their defense, and yeah. I think especially under really now, I think mm-hmm. that is more of a main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be really interesting, and I think that that should be a heck of a game as well. Yeah, it's not often you see teams put up triple digits against the Cats. Mm-hmm. So, but look, I'm, I'm excited to see Cans play at home. Bit of a flip of the coin yeah, for this is, one for yeah. me. Look, I'll I'll uh, I'll go with the home team. I'll go with Cans. And then aside from the NBL action, Cody. Friday morning local time for, for us, the Adelaide 36ers get yeah. to try to bounce, not bounce back, but replicate what they did against the Suns. They take on the Oklahoma City Thunder and Josh Giddy as well, which is going to have its own little piece of fascination as well. Yeah. Um, any chance at all that the Sixers can do it again? Um, yeah, look, I think it's, it's going to be a tough ask. It's not often you see teams shoot that well and then come out a few days later and... Do it again. Yeah, yeah. And, and keep it yeah. up. So, look, different squads. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think Giddy's going to have a lot of fun yeah. uh, playing against his, his old squad. Yeah. But look, oh, I, think, uh, I think OKC get this one done. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how CJ uses, uses his guys. Yeah. Lots of minutes and then having a flight back as well. Yeah. I think, uh, look, he's not going to pull any punches by yeah. any stretch of the imagination because uh, the competitor in him won't let him yes. do that. Yes. But it's going to be another fun game, I think. As good as this experience is for them, how does it impact their NBL season when they mm. try to start next week? Yeah, look, I think I think it's tough. I think you come back, your first game is round three. Yeah. You've got some teams playing four or five games already, yep. you know. Um, and, and by the time they get home, they probably are only home for three days to prepare for their yeah. first game of the season. Well, exactly. So, and then dealing with the jet lag, which yep. is always yep. fun. It's tough. It's, mm. it's, it's a tough ask. And look, I think that, you know, as a professional, as a professional team, you, you've just got to... Take what you can get and, you know, they'll obviously do all they can to, to be as well-rested as possible and hopefully they're not just in the, in the normal seats on the way back because that <laughs> yes. uh, that'd be a nightmare. Yes, but, especially uh, if you're Kai Sutter or oh, yeah. Daniel Johnson. Yeah, exactly. So, But, no, look, I think um, it does put you at a disadvantage because then all of a sudden you've got to play double-headers nearly every yeah. weekend yeah. just to catch up. Yeah. So, But, look, as a player, that's awesome. That's what you want. You want mm. double-headers. Yeah. So um, you want to play games mm. and... Uh, yeah, look, I, I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll be fine. All right, Cody. We've covered a lot of ground. It was good to catch up with Scotty Ninnis and Matty Knight as well to get their awards un- underway. It's great to get your thoughts on everything as well and even more thankful to Hoop7 for making this possible once again, Cody. We'll see how round two pans out. We'll be back next week to wrap it all up. I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off and leave you with the final words. Oh, looking forward to another good round. It's, uh, it, was, it was a great start to the season and uh, hopefully it can, can continue that way. And then, yeah, good luck to uh, Adelaide against OKC.